Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera, your co-host, and I am here with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. All right, so we are... Uh, hanging out here in the office talking about all the crazy, awesome, amazing things that are going on during the three weeks of affliction. Uh, keep your head down, folks. And uh, we are going to study two Torah portions. That's right, a double blessing, a double portion here at the end of the book of Numbers, starting with Matot, which means tribes, in Numbers chapter 30, verse 1 through chapter 32, verse 42. And then also the second portion is Masai, which means journeys, which you can find in Numbers chapter 33, verse 1 through the end at 36, verse 13. All right. You know, uh, just a little further reminder, three key words found in the book of Numbers as we close this out. Uh, Ryan and I will actually be finishing up four books in the Torah. It's made up of five, but we're going to be finishing up the fourth book. Of course, Numbers. We've done Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and now here we are finishing up the book of Numbers. Incredible, incredible opportunity. So three key words found in the book of Numbers is service, war, and wilderness. Service, war, and wilderness. Just to remind everyone that this book is broken up into three parts. Once again, three parts. Uh, very important for you to know this. Number one is the preparation for the journey. Uh, this is chapters one to nine. This takes place at Sinai. For a few weeks. Uh, part two, we go into the actual journey itself. How many of you are on the journey of your life? As you discover the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, what a journey we, we are having here. Uh, my journey began in uh, spring of uh, 95. So how long have you been on the journey? This, of course, is found in chapters 10, verse 11, through chapter 21 and verse 35. This is to Moab. Uh, on the east side of Israel there, and uh, it takes place within about 39 years. Last but not least, we have at the gate to the land. We are at the gate to the land, getting ready to bust it wide open. We can find this reference in chapters 22 through 36 as we, of course, conclude this book of Numbers. I can't tell you how excited I am right now, but I am. Uh, this takes place at Moab, on the plains uh, of Moab, uh, along the banks of the Jordan River. This took place, Ryan, within a few months. So once they uh, went to all these different places and camped out and we're getting ready to cross the river here, incredible things happening. I just got done reading the book of Joshua as well. What an incredible story as you get into the Torah portions and then go right into Joshua. It is an action, action-based um, story. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump right into Matat, which is tribes. Isn't that interesting? Uh and, of course, in Numbers 30, verse 2, we're going to get into vows, and Ryan's going to read Numbers 30, verse 2. Here we go. It says, If a man vow a vow unto the Lord, or swear an oath to bind his soul with a bond, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceedeth out of his mouth. You know, I have to read the verse 1. I just, I just, I just want to know, are there any tribes out there listening to this podcast right now? Do you feel like you're grafted in? to the olive tree of Israel, and Yeshua's the root. Can I get a witness? Come on, somebody! 30 verse 1. It's called tribes. I just can't help myself, you I know? I know you can't. And Moses spake unto the heads of the tribes 
concerning the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. All right, we're going tribal. This is so exciting. Now, uh, we're in this conversation of vows. We're in the discussion here, and uh, we're going to get right into it. Once again, if you are listening to this podcast, in the times in which we live, don't speak out of both sides of your mouth. Right. Well, and I think you this know, is don't a, be double-minded. It's You'll a be du- unstable in all your it's ways. It's a natural progression for where we've come through this, right? right? Cuz they they commit and then they do something different, and then they commit again and then they do something different and then they and commit again. You know, so now let, he's like, "You know what? Let me just show you the basics of the basics." Let your let your yes be yes and your no and be your no. no be you no. know, and we've got this song that was a famous hit, one-hit wonder, Call Me Maybe. I don't think so. Are you going to call me or or not, okay? Yeah. Call Me Maybe. Okay? This is the culture we live in, right? Well, I just met um, you, and this you is go. crazy. That's it. So, so here's a vow unto the Lord. Uh, could a father break a vow that his daughter made upon first hearing it? Yes. See, he's the spiritual leader of the home. Yes, he's the this head is an of the intervention. House. He could say, uh, "I don't think so." And we can't let the kids make all the decisions. We have to sit there and, and rationalize and figure out the age of consent and accountability and all these other things that, that come right. into play here. Uh, I know I have four daughters, and uh, they've got some. Uh, some some decisions they want to make, and it has to go through father. Could a husband break a vow that his wife made upon first hearing it? Yes. Numbers 30, verse 8. You know, Ryan, as we look at this particular reference in the subject of vows, it's about being in agreement or not being in agreement. And the most important thing is to communicate uh, the things that you want to do or accomplish together as a husband and wife or as an individual or even as a family. It's all about an agreement. You know, so what my wife and I have done is, you know, we make decisions, whether it's the kids are homeschooled or attend a Christian school or, or, or a number of other things where we live. Okay. Uh, the bottom line is that we have to sit down and communicate exactly, uh, what we want to accomplish and do. So even with my wife, uh, going on a new venture as well, just recently, we sat down and talked about it and everything. And I gave my blessing. I said, you know, you can do this. So, um, it's a win-win. In that situation, and, and I tell you, Ryan, it really works when you when you communicate and you're in agreement, and it works out. And right. that's the thing I've realized. Every time my wife and I are in agreement, we go on this venture together with the Lord. No matter what it is or decision we got to make, it always comes out great. I'll tell good. you what. Whenever it I agree does. with whatever my wife tells me to do or whatever, it, it does go better. You're right. You know, there's this thing. You know, um, basically, <laughs> I am the head of the house. Okay. Oh. And, and and over my family and everything, and my wife is the neck, yep. and she can turn that head anywhere she wants. Yep, yep. Now, could a widow or a divorced woman be held accountable for a vow she made? Yes, that's right. Yep. So, a widow or divorced woman be accountable for a vow she made? Yes, because she doesn't have the covering of the man over her. She has the Father as a covering, the Heavenly Father, Hashem, uh, God. But she will, of course, be accountable for her agreements. Uh, what did the husband bear if he allowed his wife to make a vow and did not keep it? He would bow her, or va- bear, he would bear her iniquity. Rented lips, Ryan. Rented lips over there. Yeah, they're new. I just got them. So, he would bear the iniquity. Right. Right? He would bear the iniquity. Because why? The two shall become one. That's right. right. The two shall become one. So uh, very important for you to understand. Uh, even as a pastor, you know, people at Beit Tehillah, you know, when they mess up or I'm out in the public sector of life or somebody says, well, you know, this person did that or this person did this, you know, and I, I actually asked for their forgiveness. I said, will you please forgive me for that? And they're like, well, Pastor Nick, you didn't do it. It wasn't your fault. I said, no, but they're a part of us. Yeah. We're the body of Christ. So they misrepresented 
bait to heal or did something wrong. And, and I take I take responsibility for that as the head. So uh, once again, there's the vows. Uh, be a man or woman of your word. That's what I want to say. You know, and don't make decisions when you're sick, tired, or angry. Or during the three weeks of affliction. Which we are currently in between, <laughs> what, Tammuz 17 and the 9th of Av? That's right. Oh, this is an inside scoop, folks. We're going to get into war now with the Midianites. And of course, uh, that was the enemy of Israel. And the Lord wanted them to fight them. That's right. Say, hey, they wanted to do you in. They connived. They manipulated. They had a method about them, Methodia or Wiles. And and they vexed you. Now it's it's payback time. Yeah, so, if you didn't listen to the last couple tour portions and you want to know about the, the Moabites, the Midianites, go back and listen. They're important. And, and a, of course, a conspiracy theory takes two or more parties. So For sure. This was definitely a coalition of forces. So uh, they picked uh, numbers 31-4, 1,000 from each tribe, which would give them 12,000 uh, soldiers. And uh, did they slay all the males among the Midianites, numbers 31-7? They sure did. They did. And what were the names of the five kings of Midian killed in the battle, numbers 31, verse 8? So it's going to be Evi, uh, Rechem, Zer, Hur, and Reba. There's the five kings of Midian. And, of course, what happened to Balaam? He got his due. He was killed with the sword. Once again, we're going to go on a little side note here with, of course, Balaam. Just so you understand, uh, basically what he did. We can find him in the New Testament. Uh, we can find him in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, it says, Which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Boser, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. Of course, the dumb donkey speaking with the man's voice forbade the madness of the prophets. So once again, we have the way of Balaam. This was the love of the wages of unrighteousness and coveting the gifts of Balak. Oof. You know, and, and there's nothing worse than being popular as a prophet for profit. So this was the love of the wages of unrighteousness and coveting the gifts of Balak. And of course, we know that when they sent for Balaam, and we won't get into it because we have to reflect back, the rewards of divination were in their hand. Divination. Which, which would be like occult. the equivalent of like somebody who in the culture is obviously antithetical to our values, but because they're famous you know, being excited to be associated with them for some reason or, or something along that, those lines. That's called patronizing, isn't it? To some degree. Yeah. Now, we also have the error of Balaam in Jude 11. Uh, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. So once again, we have the way of Balaam. Uh, then we have the error of Balaam in Jude 11. This was accepting the wages of unrighteousness for his services in giving the secret of how to get God to curse Israel. Ooh. Ooh, he couldn't curse them, but he said, hey, this is what you need to do. You can get them to curse themselves. I'll tell you, Ryan, this is what's happening in the movement. We are just shooting ourselves in the foot. We just hurt ourselves. You know, every time I'm focused and I'm locked and I'm cocked and I, and I, I got everything under control to the point of carrying out what I want to do with the Lord, I get in the way. I mess up. I have a weakness, or I say something, or I do something, and I'm thinking, man, I was doing so good in, in the communication part of it, and dealing with people, and relating to people, and this and that, and, and uh, you know, getting a curveball thrown at me or something, and then, and then I ended up just messing it up for myself. That's what I've discovered, you know, and that's what I love about Yeshua. You know, we send, spend so much time examining everybody else. We don't examine ourselves. And what did Yeshua say? Get the two-by-four out of your eye. And he'll show you how to get the toothpick out of somebody else's. 
And that's the thing I've learned about a gut check or, or inner inspection of ourselves, a, a spiritual audit. So here we have the way of Balaam, the error of Balaam, and then, oh, this is last but not least, this is really good. The doctrine of Balaam is found in Revelation 2.14. These are the words in red, Ryan. Check out what Yeshua says here. He's warning us. He's warning this particular church in Revelation 2.14. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. Now, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, this is a good word. If you go back and look at the golden calf incident, they committed idolatry first. Mm-hmm. Then they committed sexual immorality. Correct, yeah. In this instant with Baal Peor, this whole situation with the Midianites, it was the opposite. Yeah. It was sexual immorality, then that turned into idolatry. See, they're both they're both connected. What is idolatry? Uh, John Bevere's famous quote. John Bevere says that idolatry is whatever you give your strength to, wherever you get your strength from. So once again, you reap what you sow. Yeah. He meant harm to the people of Israel, and he was killed with the sword. Yeah, and Avi was here the other day, and you know he was just mentioning that fornication is the old-time religion. You know, I mean, how do you get people to join that religion in droves, but you throw fornication into the mix, and, and why not, you know? Oh, I mean, bar that's why, none, that's here, why it's here so it hard to pull people away from it, and it's so easy to lose people to it. You know, because it's it uses sexual immorality in its favor. I, I shared last night at the Torah study, Ryan. This is going to be the sexual immorality and the occult is getting ready to go on steroids, and they're intertwined. And it's gonna it's gonna just it's blowing up right now. I mean, yeah. it's so over the top in your face everywhere that you really got to condition yourself. So let's let's move on here. The the war with the Midianites. What five things did Israel take from the Midianites? Numbers thirty one verse nine. All the women. The little ones, the cattle, the flocks, and the goods. Oh, and the, and the King James, I think they call it booty. Yeah, they re- it reminds me of... Uh, what's they that took st- the booty. Arnold and, uh, what is it, uh, Conan the Barbarian, who's like, uh, to defeat your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of their women. That's terrible, Ryan. <laughs> that's not good. I mean, if you're barbarian, it is. I mean, and this that's is the just, Israelites. Uh, what are you calling them barbarians? But 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 look at this. Or now. Was Moses angry because they allowed some of the Midianite captives to live? Numbers thirty-one verses fourteen and fifteen. Why don't you read those verses? Numbers thirty-one verses fourteen and fifteen. All right. So it says, and Moses was wroth with the officers of the host, with the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds, which came from the battle. And Moses said unto them, Have you saved all the women alive? Wow. Go ahead and read 16. All right. Behold, these caused the children of Israel through the counsel of Balaam to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. I was thinking that same thing. I was just like, why in the heck would they leave the women and not and, and kill the men in this case, if not to say, ooh, now we can okay, have the women now, to ourselves. Now, now he's angry, okay? Of course he is. But here's the interesting thing. If you go and look at this, 24,000 people died in the plague. That's right. a lot of people. That's the generation that was chosen, Ryan. Right. You know, they were over 20. They, they qualified to go into the land. Yeah. See, they blew it. The next generation blew it. That's why we got to be on top of our kids. Man. I think we every generation blows it. And say, listen, you've got an inheritance. You know, the Lord's got something for we you. we got a sin problem. We need Jesus. There we go. So so what two groups of people did Moses command Israel to kill? Numbers 31, 17, based the, on this. The first one was every male among the little ones and every woman that has known a man by lying with him. Listen, I don't know if you guys are paying attention on this podcast with your ears, but think about it. 
what is going on in our culture right now? The enemy is trying to seduce us every chance he gets. Right. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He has a method. He's got wiles in craft, and that's what he's going to try to do, uh, especially if you're a man and you have passion. You you know, uh, I believe it was uh, Job, one of the oldest books in the Bible. He says, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a maiden lustfully. That's powerful. I mean, that's back in, in Job Job's days. Yeah. So let's continue on here. What two ways did Eliezer use to purify all of the goods taken from the Midianites? Numbers 31-23. He used fire and water. So that's what he used to purify, fire and water. We can see this in the scriptures. God uses fire and water to purify. That's why we do mikvahs uh, before the Day of Atonement. We are being cleansed with water. Actually, the earth had a mikvah through Noah's flood. Uh, What's the highest mountain in the world? Mount Everest. Mount Everest. They said the water was 15 feet above that. So that is a serious mikvah. Into how many parts did they divide the prey or the spoil? Numbers 31, 27. Into two parts. They split it. Two parts. And uh, did they levy a tribute to the Lord from the men of war? Uh, Yes. A tribute. And who went out to battle? The men of war. Absolutely. The men of war. Now, this next question is incredible. Numbers 31, 49. How many Israelites died in the battle against the Midianites? Zero. Now, let's do the math. How many people were chosen from each tribe to fight men of war? From each tribe. It was a thousand. Right. So out of 12,000 men, nobody died. died, That is incredible. Now we're going to get into uh, an interesting point here. We're going to get into the land inheritance, or I would call the allotment. Uh, Which side of the Jordan River did Gad and the children of Reuben want to dwell with their cattle Numbers 32, verse 1. On the east side. On the east side of the Jordan River. Like I said, I was was sharing this with Ryan. I've been there. It's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, Did the two tribes agree to go and fight across the Jordan for the other tribes? Numbers chapter 32, verses 20 through 25. Yes, they did. So this was the agreement. You know, how many can fall at your left hand? A thousand. How many at your right hand? Ten thousand. Two is better than one. Remember? Oh yeah, and the threefold cord is not easily broken. So, yeah, and obviously Moses, you know, made a stink because he's like, you know, listen, you got to you got to fight for your brothers. <laughs> well, you know, we're about to go in and face adversity, and you just want to stay here because you think your cattle will do. This well is this land. is where Ryan, I'm telling you, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is why I believe we're supposed to come alongside the Jewish people somehow, some way, right, and encourage them and support them in the ways that the Father would provide for us to support them and let their fight be our fight. Absolutely, just because we're six thousand miles away and we're in right. Brandon. Uh, doesn't mean we can't uh, contribute and be a part. So who would the tribes of Gad and Reuben leave behind in order to help the other tribes? Numbers chapter 32, verse 26. Uh, so this is the little ones, the wives, the flocks, and the cattle. All right. And so what tribe, in addition to Gad and Reuben, had a possession of the land east of the Jordan River? This is going to be uh, half-tribe of Manasseh. Numbers 32, 33. Like I said, I was telling Ryan that I had the opportunity to go on the east side of the Jordan River. Uh, That's still controlled by uh, Israel as well. Uh, And then, of course, next door is Jordan. But what a beautiful place. I mean, really and truly, it is an incredible place. Uh, Now we're going to get into Maasai, the journeys. This is the double portion, and it's Numbers 33, 1 through chapter 36 in verse 13. Which is the end. And here we go. I only need two people to be excited. Oh, it's Ryan and me. Ha ha, here I am. 
So here we go, right out of the gate. This is the last Torah portion, the journeys. Are you on a journey? I know I'm on a journey. How many places did Israel camp at while they wandered in the wilderness 40 years? This is Numbers 33, verses 1 through 49. Oh, have you ever just counted them and circled them? How many encampments, Check Ryan? this out. 42 different places they camped. 42. There's a lot of little hidden messages in there. And this well. is not... I mean, they started with 600,000. I want to see something A little, little bit more. And they, they ended okay. with a little more. And that's just men 20 to 50. So we're talking 2.5 million people moving 42 times. I mean, that's tough enough for me to move my house, you know? If I'm not mistaken, Ryan, thank you, Holy Spirit... They departed from Ramses, and guess where they went to? The very first place was Sukkot. Oh, that's right. So this is where we start, but this is where we end. We end in Sukkot. I believe we may have talked about that in that Torah portion. That is that is cool. Yeah. That is very interesting. So from fully redeemed to fully regathered, here we go. Now, just a little reminder that Beit Tehillah is celebrating their 20-year anniversary this year. Oh. Beit Tehillah community. Yeah. 20 years. That's when we were official. And so that is uh, really cool. Uh, also, um, we'll be in our sanctuary uh, as we have completed this vision, as we move into it to, to be able to fulfill it. Uh, September 21st, 2018, we'll be celebrating five years in the sanctuary. And Leviticus talks about you can eat the fruit. So I'm so excited about this coming fall feast, celebrating the fall feast and our 20-year anniversary. Uh, thank God that Beit Tehillah did not have to camp out at eight different places because we we did eight places, not 42. So once again, Beit Tehillah has camped out. You know, if you take 42 plus eight, eight locations. That's, that's 50. But I'm just saying that we've only had eight locations, counting the living room till now. Yeah. Thank God, because I'm telling you, that's a lot of work. Now, yeah. while camped out on the plains of Moab, what city were they near? Numbers 3350. Jericho, the walled city, which means the people of Jericho were looking over them, right? It was a walled city. There, there was something going down. Jer you know, right now, the PLO control Jericho pretty much. Yeah, they, they pretty much control every I think place it's, it's, that's it's, in the it's Bible. Just, it's like, they call it area A, B, or C. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's A, yeah, area so you, A. But anyway, you got Jericho, Jericho Shechem, is predominantly uh, PLO or, or Arab right now. Yeah. Jericho, Very interesting. Shechem, Hebron, you know, uh, Bethel. I mean, all the places in the Bible here that we're reading about. It's, it, it is interesting. Are all in it, the, it is a big deal. Yeah, so is. who were the children of Israel to drive out once they passed over the River Jordan? Uh, numbers 33, 51, and 52. This is all the inhabitants. All the inhabitants of the land. They were to drive them out. Very interesting. Let's look at uh, Numbers 33 and verse 54. I'm going to have uh, Ryan read this. Now we're getting into the land inheritance or the allotment of the land. Uh, numbers 33, 54. Check it out. Yeah, it's a long verse too. It says, And ye shall divide the land by lot for an inheritance among your families. And to the more ye shall give the more inheritance, and to the fewer ye shall give the less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth. According to the tribes of your fathers ye shall inherit. You know, it says right here, And to the more ye shall give the more inheritance. So I, I'd say, listen, I got seven kids, two adults. There's nine people in my house. I need a larger inheritance. Yeah, okay. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't need a gallon of milk. I need a cow. So we you should foster and adopt a few more children and then... You well, know. you've got you've got quite a few. Yeah, you got a that. handful there. I'm I just got the saying that you're well, going to have a little. You got a nice little expanse there on the ranch yeah. there at the farm. Yeah. So uh, divide the land by lot. Very interesting. 
Oh, and by the way, this was all done in um, Shiloh. You'll read in the book of Joshua in uh, Shiloh where they camped out with the tabernacle and Joshua took the promised land and went in there. They divided up the land and that's where they commenced the lot picking. Amen. Yep. Uh, number five in the questionnaire, uh, what three things will the inhabitants not driven from the land due to the children of Israel? Numbers thirty-three fifty-five. Why don't you go and just read that I am, verse? I'm going to read it. Yep. Says, but if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. You know this whole thing about pricks in your eyes, thorns in your sides, and vex you. Um, there was a uh, actually a suicide bomber that went into the pizzeria Sbarro on Ben Yehuda Street a number of years ago, and uh, people died from that explosion. My wife had and I had eaten pizza in that place a year before. Wow. To see that story unfold was really mind-blowing, that that could have been us. Uh, talking about a suicide bomber or, or talking about thorns in your sides, a lot of these suicide bombers uh, pack in their vests, nails, and screws, and when it goes off, it embeds into the skin and tissue and rips it apart. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty graphic it description is. of pretty, modern I was just thinking, day that's terrorism, whatever. But yeah. but he says there'll be pricks in your eyes, thorns in your sides, and vex you. Who who wants to have that in their eye? Yeah, nobody. But here, let's read also verse fifty six because it says that you know they're going to vex you and and all that. But then it says here in verse fifty six, moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. It's a punishment. Yeah, meaning, hey, God said do this, go do it, make it happen, don't make excuses. If you do, guess what? This is interesting. So what two men were responsible for dividing the land among the tribes? Numbers 34, 17. Uh, the up-and-coming characters here in the Torah. It's Eliezer the priest and Joshua the son of Nun. Very interesting. Once again, you have the Levites and the uh, Ephraimites. Uh, dividing with the land there. Uh, did they take a prince from every tribe to divide the land by inheritance? Numbers 34, 18. They sure did. And in regard to the Levites, how many cities did the Levites get for their inheritance? Numbers 35, verse 7. 48 cities. So that's four cities in every tribe. Now, I don't know if that's how it was allocated in actuality. That's interesting. But that's the apportionment of what they 48 got. 48 cities. Interesting. Uh, now we're going to get into the cities of refuge, Okay. Uh, how many cities of refuge were given to the children of Israel? Numbers 35, 13. A total of six. All right. And so we have a total of six cities of refuge. Uh, how were the six cities of refuge divided up? Numbers 35, 14. It was going to be on either side of the Jordan. So three cities on this side Jordan, meaning the um, the east, west side of the Jordan, and then three cities in the land of Canaan. Okay. I got that backwards, but that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Three cities on the left, three cities on the right of the Jordan. Very yep. good. On the east and west side, three three cities each. Uh, numbers 3515. Let's go ahead and read that verse. All right. 3515. What was the purpose for the cities of refuge? These six cities shall be a refuge, both for the children of Israel and for the stranger and for the sojourner among them, that everyone that killeth any person unawares may flee thither. So if you accidentally killed somebody... The manslayer would look for you, a relative. You make your way to the city of refuge, okay? So it's a, now, hit, it's a hit and run. You just get out of it. It's an accident, but there's going, to be a, there's going to be a trial anyway. So could the avenger kill the manslayer while living in a city of refuge? Numbers Ooh. 35, 12. No, he could not. No, not while he's in a city of refuge. Now, uh, but you could kill him and then drag him out and pretend. We don't want to do that. But Numbers <laughs> 35, 12. Did the person who fled to a city of refuge 
have to stand before the congregation in judgment. Yes, they did. There had to be a trial, a case, that it was an accident, and, and so on and so on. Uh, so that's interesting. But look at this. The, the manslayer still has some uh, some power here. Listen to this. Uh, Numbers 35-25. If the person was found innocent, whom the avenger pursued, how long did they have to remain in the city of refuge? Until the death of the high priest. And we know that uh, Aaron was a high priest, Eliezer, and then Pincus will become a high priest. But interesting that until the death of the high priest, you had to stay in the city of refuge. Once again, Yeshua is a high priest. Um, And so could the avenger kill the person if they went outside the borders of the city of refuge? Oh, yeah. Okay. I so, wonder like, if that actually ever happened, like somebody waiting outside I don't know the city of refuge. Of <laughs> There's no stories that they even kept the Jubilee. Oh. The year of Jubilee. So it's interesting. And there, and as far as even a child uh, disrespecting their parents and they were to be stoned, there's no documentation of that ha- actually taking place either, uh, as far as we yeah, know. Yeah, the only stoning after, I know of the, is, uh, is Achan, right, the, in the book of Joshua. After the children of Israel left uh, the wilderness. But, you know, so here's the interesting thing. So if you're innocent and you're in the city of refuge, you had to stay there until the high priest died. Yep. So let's look at Numbers 35, 28. Uh, where could the manslayer leave the city of refuge after the death of the high priest? He shall return into the land of his possession. So he could go home. You know what I find interesting, Ryan, is because of Yeshua being our high priest, he's calling us home. That's right. He's calling us to the land, to an inheritance. You know, there's so much to the inheritance, Ryan. I tell you, yesterday I was just taking a little nap, just thinking about this, you know. And I just felt inspired by the Holy Spirit to ask me the question, you know. Sometimes we wonder, you know, uh, is it the Lord speaking, you know. But I really felt inspired to share this for those of you that are listening. And it's like the Holy Spirit was challenging me and asking me an incredible question. Don't you want more than eternal life? Mm. You know, we hear people all the time, well, I just, I just want to make it into heaven. I just want to have eternal life, you know. And our Father gives us so much more than just eternal life. Even now, as you and I are doing this podcast, this is more than eternal life. This is incredible, Ryan. That's right. I mean, the the podcasts have been doing very, very well. I think we're at 5,500 listens on the podcast since we started in the fall. That's really good. And what are we doing, Ryan? We're not promoting Ryan and Nick or Beit Tehillah. We are promoting the Word of God through the Torah portions. And as non-Jews, we're excited that we can talk about this and discuss this and and because we don't want to be lawless. We're living in a lawless culture, you know, lawless society. So once again, he shall return into the land of his possession. Um, that's very important that we all get inheritance. Uh, Numbers 35, verse 30. Could one witness testify and cause another to die? Nope, nope. You had to have... Uh, you got to have one. two witnesses. I, I was sharing this with the congregation, you know. My kids have some sibling rivalry going on sometimes and things are going on or happening and as long as there's not like blood or broken bones, I don't pursue a whole lot of this situation. But, you know, when there's a charge made against a child, and when a child comes to me about another child, I say, well, uh, can you give me two witnesses? Um, the, the funny thing is it's usually resolved. Yeah, they don't come back. They don't come back. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend that you use this as a, as a parenting tool to teach your children that there has to be two witnesses. So there might be some coalitions going on or some sides taken. But, but the bottom line is that you can't just... On hearsay, you know, repeat something, you know, we have to confirm it. Sure. And those are accusations, you know, they call it fake news, you know. Fake news. And it's true. What do you really believe? Do you, do you believe everything you see? Do you believe everything you hear? And are you repeating it without confirming it? It's kind of like the celebrity deaths. Oh, the celebrity died. And they're all like on Instagram, like, I'm alive. 
Yeah, I mean, I just this, found out I died at on this social point, media. No, I'm alive. At this point, what, I mean, h- how do we confirm things? I mean, some things it's like, you know, this doesn't really have anything to do with me. Right. You know, so why do I have to put, you know, my foot in my mouth out there in the social, you know, media realm? You know, it's better to just stay out of it, you know? And, and in regards to this Pray whole for people. two tour portions, Ryan, we're talking about three things that are synonymous, the Bible, the people, and the land. Yeah. How many of you love Israel? How many of you would love to live in Israel? How many would love to even go to Israel? If God put that in your heart, there's there's a, just a strong possibility that, that you're going to get an inheritance. You're going to get what you desire. Yeah. So as we begin to move forward here, I'm going to have Ryan read Numbers 35, 34 in regards to the land. It says, Defile not therefore the land which ye shall inhabit wherein I dwell. For I, the Lord, dwell among the children of Israel. Defile not therefore the land. And there's so many ways we can defile it through, through, through adultery, through idolatry, and all these other things. Uh, not taking care of it, you know. You know, it was the Israelites. It was the nation of Israel it, that invented drip irrigation, conservation of water, desalination. I mean, they're 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 giving water to Jordan and, and stuff. I mean, it's amazing some of the stories that are coming out of Israel. So, uh, question number nineteen and numbers thirty six one in regards to this inheritance. Uh, who confronted Moses about the daughters of Zelophehad? So the chief fathers of the families of the children of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, of the families of the sons of Joseph. Once again, remember the five daughters who had a father who had no sons, um, for whatever reason. Uh, how was the problem with the daughters of Zelophehad resolved in Numbers 36.6? So they put a restriction on them to who they could marry. Uh, they said, let them marry to whom they think best, only to the family of the tribe of their father shall they marry. So what tribe was that, Ryan? Ooh, was that Manasseh? Very good. They had to marry into the tribe of Manasseh. Yep. So the interesting thing is that to these daughters, their inheritance was important. Right. Is the inheritance that the father has for you, Ryan, and those listening on this podcast, don't you want more than eternal life? Well, and, and I guess the father want to give you more than that. I mean, that's great. We're justified by the finished work of the cross, but now we get to work out our salvation, Ryan, and discover some incredible things in God's word. Yeah. And in this case, you know, this is, you're looking at the lineage and the, the line of inheritance. And when you give the inheritance, because I was talking about this with my daughters when we were reading the Torah portion on uh, Friday night, uh, and they were asking me, well, why don't we get an inheritance? You know, because I was explaining how it works, that Christian would get the inheritance or whatever. And I'm like, well, Christian gets the inheritance, and then he'll marry someone, and they'll be joined together with him in that inheritance. But you guys will marry someone, and that their parents or their father will have given them an inheritance, and you will be joined with them in their inheritance. And that's how that, that line works. And so uh, when looking at this, the, it, the important piece here was that they stay within their tribe so that the inheritance doesn't actually leave Joseph's land, right. Manasseh and Ephraim. Very good. Yep. Let's close it out with, uh, and I'm going to share some, some last days things before we close, but I want to have Ryan read the very last verse in Numbers 36, Oh, it's 13. my pleasure. Y'all ready for this? Hey now, hey now, let's dream it. Don't dream it's it's over. over. <laughs> All right, here we go. Verse 13 of chapter 36, the last verse in Numbers. These are the commandments and the judgments which the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses unto the children of Israel in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho. You know, I want to remind all of you a few things here. How many have you been in that New Testament and you can find the Torah and the Old Testament in the New Testament? Oh, for sure. You know... 
Paul, the Apostle Paul was brilliant. He was not a schizophrenic. I believe he kept the Torah. And, and the, the danger that we all have, everybody, is this. And, and I see this in a lot of Christian commentary. They would say things like, well, you know, the Apostle Paul kept the Torah because he was Jewish. Oh. But we as Christians, we don't have to follow that. We don't have to do the commandments of God. You know, we don't have to do the Shabbat anymore. We don't have to do those We don't things. have to keep but our Paul vows. Paul did it in the book of Acts because, you know, because he was Jewish. You know, that's hogwash. I'm not buying into that. Yeah, okay. No, he was sent to the Gentiles to teach them things. That's right. You know, he even wrote a letter to the Corinthian church to keep the Passover. So let me ask you guys, for those of you that are listening or Christians or those that attend church, what letter would Paul send you? Yeah. Would he ask you to keep the Passover if he wrote to the church of Corinth? And I know I'm a little fired up because I've been doing this for 23 years. But there's five tests that Israel will face in the future. Paul makes this very well known in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. Check it out for yourself, okay? Why don't you go to those references? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 11, Ryan, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. But uh, what are the five tests, everybody? He says, lusting after evil things is a test. Just like they were tested in the wilderness, okay? Then, of course, the, the second test is idolatry. Did they commit idolatry in the wilderness? Yes. Yes, they did. The last thing, or not the last thing, but the third thing is, because uh, there's five, five areas here, uh, fornication, okay? Did they commit fornication? Our forefathers, yes, Funny, they there's did. There's that idolatry and fornication together. So, lusting after evil things, idolatry, fornication. Oh, and by the way, that's the Greek word, Porneo. This is where we get porno. Now, is pornography in our culture? Oh, it's yeah. rampant. It's like a sickness, a plague, a disease. It's everywhere. It's on the cover of magazines. You know, you ever go in the grocery store yeah. and they got the little white sheet in front of the Cosmopolitan because it's a little bit offensive? Oh, yeah. You know? Well, anyway, so you got lusting after evil things, number one. Number two, idolatry. Number three, fornication. Number four, tempting the Lord or trying the Lord. Did they do that? Oh, yeah. God said, you did it to me 10 times. 10. I've had enough. You did this to me 10 times. You tested me. And you can go back and count them, everyone. Last but not least, I know some of you are thinking to yourself, man, I'm doing really good. Oh, really? Are you? Are you doing well? Oh, here we go. The last one is murmuring. Do you murmur? You live in the greatest nation in the world after Israel? And are you murmuring, complaining, and grumbling? Really? Your coffee was cold. The barista made your coffee cold. What are you murmuring about and complaining about? So think about it. Think about it. Now, I want Ryan to read, because I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want him to read this because Paul was writing this letter in reference to what was coming. And I want him to read verse 11, 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Is, right. this, re is this relevant for today? Now, all these things happened unto them for in samples... And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. At the end of the age, Ryan, the ends of the world, right? Yeah. Of the, of the time that we're living in. We can see this, everyone. Don't be lusting after evil things, number one. Number two, don't commit idolatry. What are you giving your strength to? What are you getting your strength from? Number three, fornication. Okay. Uh, number four, tempting the Lord or trying the Lord. Number five, murmuring, complaining, and grumbling. Overcome these things, okay? Because this is a sign of the last days in regard to those five tests. So that's my thought for the day. And I encourage all of you to get into the Torah and let the Torah get into you. Now, we've got we've to um, throw in there a little hazak hazak, right? 
The finishing of the book. That's right. The finishing of the book, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. You ready? On three. One, two, three. Hazak, hazak, vanish, hazik. Be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. Amen. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Obviously, we ran over a little bit, but it was a double portion. So you got twice. And tell them the good news about this particular double portion. We're having a guest from Israel. Ooh, so check this out. Yeah. The tour portion is Matat Tribes and Journeys. That's right. Share about our guest. And we have Hanuk. Coming this uh, this coming uh, weekend, we've actually got them for Saturday. We've got them for uh, New Moon, and then we've also got them for Monday. Correct? That's right. Yep. And so we've got them. Uh, man, we're getting so much for our money right now, man. I don't even know if I bought my ticket yet. I better have and oil he's in my our lamp. tour guide for the trip to Israel. Yeah. So yeah, Hanuk is our tour guide for the trip to Israel coming up in uh, late September, early October, and uh, he is uh, a. A, a Jewish uh, man from in the land of Israel, and he believes that Ephraim, that we are his brothers and sisters. And so it's very cool to have somebody that has a love for us. The reconciliation uh, of the Jews and the Gentiles is happening right now. We get to be a part of it. It is. It's very cool. So, um, yep. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you guys want to get in contact with us, you guys know that you can get us uh, on topraise.net through the Contact Us tab. You can email me at ryan at topraise.net. Uh, call the office at 813-654-2222. Uh, and then every weekend, Saturdays at 11, we do live stream our services. Uh, you just go to the Watch Us Live tab there at topraise.net, and you can catch it. I encourage you guys to join in the fun if you're not uh, around here locally. But if you are, get your tuckus into the congregation and come show up so that we can uh, put a big hug around your neck and, uh, and love on you. So you guys uh, have a great week. Love you so much, and uh, talk to you soon.